on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champion. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, what's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you here if you're listening on the radio, if you're listening on the ESPN app, hit that listen tab, find ESPN Syracuse, and you can say, look, Ma, I can listen to the radio on that there technological device. Uh, If you have another technological device in your home name alexa just search espn syracuse on your alexa app click enable on the espn syracuse skill and you can listen to us that way i don't care how you listen man this is america and if i want to change the name and the tune of an america song so that the main guitar verse sounds like cats i can do that i can do that this is america so you however you listen to this show we greatly appreciate that here's how you make yourself Part of the program. Get on in. Get that voice heard. 437-7644 is the phone number. You can uh, tweet the program, Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media. You can hit the on the block text line at 2880644 to participate that way. Either way, no matter what way. We appreciate that. We do. Happy Wednesday, everybody. You ready uh, for a couple guests that will join us today? Syracuse Crunch. Drop the puck. On their 25th anniversary season, they will play one more road game tonight at Rochester right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Saturday, though, is the big home opener. It is a historic home opener in the sense that it begins the 25th season of Crunch Hockey at the War Memorial, and it's a whole new arena. The new scoreboard, the new ribbon lighting, the bathrooms have been updated, the suites that are now there that are, dare I say, pretty sweet. It is going to be a whole new game experience. The marquees are digital now. This happens to be the focus of the latest Game Faces feature with Brent Axe on Syracuse.com. So the ad today with me looking all serious. Seth certainly found it. Not like Seth took a picture of that put it on Twitter or anything. That's okay, man. Appreciate you spreading the love. The War Memorial looks completely different. It looks amazing, and they've got an amazing opening night planned on Saturday. Howard Dolgan will join us to talk about all of that right here in this hour in about 15 minutes. It's Wednesday. It's the bye week, but do you think Julian Wiggum's taking a Wednesday off? Ha! You thought wrong, my friends. Julian will join us in studio, and we will go over it all 
the positions, the grades trending up, trending down, trying to look ahead to the second half of the season. Julian, who was uh, very confident in his 10-win prediction for the Syracuse football team, has he stuck with that? Is he going to ride or die with 10 wins? Or will uh, he take the bye week as the football team will take the bye week to do and perhaps make an adjustment? So Julian will hang in studio with us, give us that terrific insight as always. Coming up in hot takes today, oh. That's hot. Jimmy Butler showed up for practice, and Adrian Wojnarowski was using words I had to look up to describe it. How do you spell vociferous? All that, ladies and gentlemen, but. We begin down by the river. Down on the banks of the River Charles. Actually, it was in New York last night. Just go with it, okay? Thanks to Craig Kimbrell, I have shaved four months off my life. I think with every pitch he threw in the ninth inning, I lost a week. I did the math, all the pitches that divide by six carry the two i lost about four months of my life but you know what don't they say like you spend four of your life sleeping you can take some of those and apply it to what i was watching last night after chris sale came in shut the door craig kimbrell came darn close to letting it slip through but in the end Red Sox came back to Boston, divisional winners. They did not come back to Boston to play a game five against the New York Yankees. And now your prize is, well, the other best team in baseball, the Houston Astros. I saw somebody make this analogy today, and I thought it was perfect. There was a time in the National Football League when, remember when the Niners and Cowboys used to play in the NFC Championship game a lot? And that kind of felt like the Super Bowl. Those were the two best teams. Well, he always would say, see, that's kind of a shame that this isn't actually the championship. And I think you can come up with other examples of that. Sometimes the Western Conference Finals in the NBA are the real finals. And you, just because teams are separated by geography or division, or in this case, the American and the National League, and the Astros used to be in the National League, now they're in the American League, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. This feels like the World Series, and that's not to take anything away from the Dodgers or the Brewers. The Brewers have a great bullpen. They've got a great story. The Dodgers are one of those teams that are just going to be contenders for years to come, along with the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Astros and you know some of those regulars that are in the conversation, the Cubs. But there's always a surprise or two. Colorado this year, Milwaukee this year. So there is, while it's certainly a heavy market balance in Major League Baseball, there's still some teams that can slip in there and surprise. So you have Boston and Houston, you have Milwaukee and the Los Angeles Dodgers as the final four in baseball. And last night, the Boston Red Sox found a way. Craig Kimbrell, perhaps with uh, the aid of a foreign substance. I don't know what that was on his hand. <laughs> was he pulling? It's that guy from Major League that's, you know, going through the various substances and what they do for your curveball, including snot, right, Eddie? Maybe they want to go up and say, hey, uh, Kimbrel, got something on your hand. I think it was just dirt, honestly. But Then, of course, 
right at the end of the game while the replay came through. Well, of course they had to replay something, and Angel Hernandez wasn't even involved in this one. But uh, CC Sabathia had thoughts on Angel Hernandez after the game. I do need to say this, though. I don't think Angel Hernandez should be umping uh, playoff games. He's absolutely terrible. He's terrible behind the plate today. He's terrible at first base. It's amazing that how he's getting a job to pitch to play in these, to umpire in these in these playoff games. What did you say to him? It's just a conversation for us, but he he shouldn't be anywhere near a playoff game. Is that sentiment shared by many of your everybody? I think. Everybody. I think if you go ask them on the other side too. Cece, was it was his strike zone tonight? It's always. Yeah. It's always. He's he's bad. I don't understand why he's doing these games. Can we find? A Major League Baseball player that thinks Angel Hernandez belongs out there officiating, umpiring, doing anything to oversee the rules of uh, not only a Major League Baseball game, but in this case, a big playoff game. I didn't check. So what's the deal with Does he move on now? Is is that crew going to be in the American or National League Championship Series now? Is he done? Because like even the other day in a 15-1 game, like, dude, what are you saying? But that's neither here nor there. Reverse psychology worked for me in the first series. i got to figure out the strategy with the Astros here. But in all seriousness, I think these are the two best teams. 108 wins, 103 wins. The Astros can beat you in every way. They've got Verlander, Cole, and Dallas Keuchel as that big three. Can that big three, I mean, Verlander and Cole were just unhittable. In the divisional round, they're a little more uh, rested than the Red Sox are, who had to really fight tooth and nail, go deep, bring in Sale. Kimbrell had to fight off that ninth-inning rally by the Yankees last night. You know, And that can always go two ways. Sometimes that gets your momentum rolling. If you're sitting around too long, that can affect you. I mean, the Astros just had no trouble whatsoever in their divisional series. So American League Championship Series is set. That's the real-world series. We'll see what the Brewers and Dodgers do on the other side and provide the opponent. But... Look, it's a little different in a short stint like this as opposed to winning four against the Astros. And the interesting thing for the Red Sox here is David Price will start game two. Sale goes in game one. Price is going in game two. Alex Cora said that today. Price has actually pitched well against the Astros. We all know what his record is in the postseason overall, and that's abysmal. We know what his record is against the Yankees, and that's abysmal. But he's actually pitched pretty well against the Astros. So we'll see if that pans out because you need every weapon you have in your arsenal to be competitive against that Astros team. Look, if you're a Yankees fan, you won 100 games. You took a step back from an American League Championship Series a year ago against Houston. I think there's some questions about Aaron Boone. I think you've seen the last of CC Sabathia and all the offseason things that come in. But what Yankee fan, and you don't, ever like to lose to the Red Sox, I understand that, but what Yankee fan is truly dissatisfied with the season they just had? Andahar is going to be Rookie of the Year. You've got that Judge Sanchez power boost. The Yankees will go out and they're not going to sign Bryce Harper, we know that, but they're going to find a big name or two. They've still got one of the best minor league systems in baseball. Like, you're fine. They very easily could have won this series had it got to Game 5. Are they that much better, though, that they could have taken out the Astros this time? Because they took them to 7 last year. And I think the Red Sox will take the Astros to 7 this year.
because it's funny to mention the Red Sox as the underdog here, but even though they won 108 games, they kind of feel like the underdog based on what we've seen in the postseason because they have struggled. They had to fight the Yankees. They had to pull David Price out of a game early and patchwork the bullpen and put in Chris Sale in an eighth inning just to make sure and make, you know, really wonder if that offensive pop was going to be there after game two. And holy crap, was it there in game three? And then it even had to be changed for game four for matchups. And you take out a guy who hit for the cycle. And yes, I know the home run was off a catcher for crying out loud, but you take a guy out that hit for the cycle, but that's just it. They're that deep. But are they deep enough to match everything Houston can do over a seven-game series? This is not, you know, I'm trying to reverse jinx this. This is not me trying to play it down. I, I, I don't know is my answer. The Red Sox are the perfect team for this era, and a lot of teams are perfect for this era. But the thing that separates the Astros is, yes, they can hit for power, but they've got the best starting rotation left. They can put runners in scoring position. They do have hitters up and down that lineup, not only for power, but they can move runners. And you have a Altuve, and they have something that is really important here. Been there, done that. Tasted it, know how to handle it. Not that the Red Sox don't know how to handle it generally, but they've had early exits from the postseason the past few years. But Red Sox fans have this. You beat the Yankees. You beat the Yankees in the season series. You eliminated the Yankees from the postseason. So you kind of already have a trophy there. Now can they take down the Astros is the question. And that is the question that baseball has left. I saw today that baseball, they're not going to move the start time around Sunday night. They're going to go right head-to-head with Sunday night baseball. They're going to get it going in prime time. And we're going to see if people choose that or football. And that all depends on something we all know. What's the better game? If the football game stinks. And Sunday night football, they've had some real dogs this year. Even though they always get the best matchup, if that's a dog, people will watch the baseball, particularly if it's a good back-and-forth game. So congratulations, Red Sox fans. You won one trophy. Now let's see if they can go win the real thing. 437-7644 is the phone number. We're going to shift gears, talk to our buddy Howard Dolgan here in just a few minutes, right on the eve of a 25th anniversary season at home beginning. That season has already begun. The crunch play tonight, as a matter of fact, at Rochester. But the home opener, and there is a lot planned, and Howard is going to tell us all about it coming up here. We're also going to hang in studio with our buddy Julian Wiggum, go all over the midterm evaluation for the Syracuse football team. Right now, diamonds and dogs time, baby. Lee Baldwin back on the block to give us that. Lee, what's cooking, man? Hey, how you doing, Brent? I am great. It was good to see you this morning. Uh, it, was, it was nice to catch up. Yeah, uh, I should have stayed right where I was because, like the Yankees, the market got crushed today. Oh, New York, New York. We were, the Dow was down over eight hundred points, so that's a pretty good move. We haven't seen that in quite a while. You All know? those stockbrokers upset about the Yankees. Like, what happened today? <laughs> that's. I think we were down after the Super Bowl this year too, so maybe it's a temporary <laughs> thing. So. Um, my diamond today is uh, Campbell's soup. I, that's the only thing I could find that was up a little bit. As Wall Street traders like myself, maybe we're going to load up on cans of soup now. Um, and our dog was just the market in general as NASDAQ stocks were down 4%. So pretty good move down, but uh, not shocking. And uh, tell Howard Dolgan he's ageless after 25 years. I yes. will absolutely do that for you. <laughs> well, the market's like baseball, Lee. You get up tomorrow, you grab a bat, and you swing again, right? Heck yes. You got it. Got it, baby. Thank All you, right. sir. It's Lee Baldwin.
LeeBaldwin.com. They've got offices in Casanova and Utica. You stop on it and you see them. And you make sure your portfolio is batting 400. Let's break on that note. We will talk to Howard Dolgan coming up, owner of the Syracuse Crunch. So much happening at the War Memorial. It looks like a completely different place. The home opener Saturday has so many big plans. A lot of big names we know are coming back. Maybe some that Howard will tell us more about and what he's willing to tell us about the home opener because they got some surprises up their sleeve. And what's on tap for a 25th anniversary season? A lot to discuss with Howard Dolgan. We'll do it next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Don't you know it. Getting over that hump, baby. It's presented by Burdick Toyota. Oh, what a gorgeous day. 79, sun shining in central New York. Getting cold this weekend, though. Oh, baby, those first real cold October nights on the way. So enjoy the sunshine, the warm day, Indian summer. Here it comes, man. Before you know it. You see that little snowflake in the forecast, huh? Just sneak in there. Before you know it, it's going to be there. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Right now, I meet with that fancy open. Let's warm this thing up. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the block. Now, the Red Sox beat the Yankees, perhaps you heard. But one of the big talking points that came out of that series is that Angel Hernandez is an awful umpire. Hernandez, who ranked 35th out of 85 Major League Baseball umpires in ball strike call accuracy, is somehow calling an important divisional series game behind the plate or is involved in any capacity as an umpire in an important divisional game between the Red Sox and the Yankees. I'm not sure what his future assignments are. But should he have any assignments in the postseason? CC Sabathia certainly doesn't think so. I do need to say this, though. I don't think Angel Hernandez should be umping uh, playoff games. He's absolutely terrible. He's terrible behind the plate today. He's terrible at first base. It's amazing that how he's getting a job to pitch in, to play in these, to umpire in these, in these playoff games. What you say It's just a conversation for us, but he, he's, he, he shouldn't be anywhere near a playoff game. Is that sentiment shared by... Many of your everybody, up everybody. I think if you go ask them on the other side too. CC, was it was his strike zone tonight? Uh, it's always. Yeah. It's always. He's he's bad. I don't understand why he's doing these games. It's always bad when an official sticks out in any way. It's particularly bad when you have somebody that vehement about how bad he's been. It happened in the previous game as well. Now Rick Porcello on the winning side last night didn't really care. Throw the ball over the place, you see. I thought Angel Hernandez called a good game. You got to put the ball over the white part of the plate, and then you get strikes called. So that's all I got to say about that. There you go, Rick Porcello going at it. The uh, Red Sox, by the way, playing New York, New York in their clubhouse because prior Aaron Judge was strolling through Fenway playing New York, New York, and the shots going back and forth here. This is what makes the rivalry great. I I will just reiterate the question I asked earlier this week about this. If players can be held accountable by their managers for their performance, and you're going to sit, you're going to get benched, we're putting in, you know, Brock Holt, who hits for the cycle. Last night, the Yankees made some lineup changes that, you know, some fans are still questioning why Aaron Boone would do them. Why don't officials get punished in the sense of, 
You're not up to performance. We had to review too many of your plays and your calls, so we're bringing somebody else. you got a lot of umpires that aren't doing anything right now that are probably better than Angel Hernandez and more highly ranked. So how do these guys end up officiating what are important games? That's hot. You want your best people out there. You don't always get the best teams in the playoffs, but at least through 162 games, they got to prove they belong there. When it comes to individual matchups and individual decisions by managers and that get scrutinized, that's part of baseball. Even with replay, these things are happening. So that's why I know Hernandez was behind the plate. This was a first base play, but there was like 45 seconds of, don't you do this last night, that play at first base that had to be reviewed. And you want to get the call right. Even a call, I would say especially a call that's deciding an American League championship or an American League Divisional Series, pardon me. You want to get it right, but all it seems to have done is confuse the issue. So, CeCe didn't like it. Rick Porcello was fine with it. I wonder if you reverse the uh, outcome of that game, how each would feel about it if a Division Series wasn't clinched last night. But plenty of others have chimed in on this. So, Jimmy Butler's got some opinions. Well, boy. So, as uh, Woj reports on ESPN today, Jimmy Butler, who has made it pretty clear he wants to be traded out of Minnesota, and there were trade talks that almost led to a deal being struck between the Timberwolves and the Heat this past weekend, but they broke down. So, Butler came back to practice today. And as Woj has reported, quote, Butler participated in Minnesota's practice, a session that included him verbally challenging teammates, coaches, and front office. As Woj notes, quote, at one point in a scrimmage, sources say, Butler turned to general manager Scott Layden and screamed, you bleeping need me. You can't win without me. Butler left coaches and teammates largely speechless. He dominated the gym in every way. Timberwolves forward Anthony Tolliver said about Butler practicing, quote, he was around. That's really all I got to say about that. So basically Anthony Tolliver pulled a Forrest Gump. And that's all I have to say about that. So this is what you do now. Odell Beckham Jr. has some complaints, and he has a new deal. He doesn't even want to get traded. So pull up a chair with Josina Anderson and lay out your grievances. Today was Festivus for Jimmy Butler, apparently. He can't wait till December 23rd. He's got some grievances to air right now. So this is what you do now. You show up to practice, and you call out people there. And the fact that we're hearing about it immediately after the practice means, well, of course, people want that out. Now, the Timberwolves certainly don't want that out from their standpoint because they want to trade him. If you're calling teams, being like, okay, well, yeah, we know how good he is, but how is he in the locker room? How is he at practice? What kind of guy is he? Um, well, uh, uh, he, great. He's great. He's great. I mean, team guy all the way. Just, just team guy all the way. You don't want that stuff out because you're trying to trade him. Now, as uh, noted by Woj as well, a lot of Minnesota players say they left practice today energized by Butler's performance, and mesmerized with him taking end-of-the-bench players and running the table on the regulars. At the end of practice, he marched out like if a mic, as if he was doing a mic drop. Uh, Butler delivered a tour de force. So he knows he can show up and dominate a practice like this. That's what makes him tradable. 
all this other stuff, it's like, well, because we're offering you such a talented player, you kind of know what the baggage is, and there you go. But do you get that, Jimmy Butler, when you arrive in Miami or your new destination, or do you just get the Jimmy Butler that can dominate a practice that way, taking off-the-bench guys, third-string guys, and saying, let's go dominate the regulars, which they did. But he was calling out everybody, the GM, the coach. He called out Andrew Wiggins and a number of players there. And So that will this be looked at as the competitive juices of Jimmy Butler? Will it be looked at as a stunt? Because the fact that we're hearing about this, like immediately after the fact, well, someone wanted this out, which makes me feel like this was kind of choreographed. The Jimmy Butler said, I'm going to go make a statement today. Let's make sure Woj gets a hold of it so the whole world knows about it right afterwards. It's funny how sports is more of a reality show these days. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting what Jimmy Butler's doing. You've got Josina Anderson hanging with Odell Beckham Jr. ESPN's partners with both of these leagues. You put it on ESPN, it gets in the news cycle, it gets talked about for a day. Am I insinuating something here while getting electric shocks from Bristol? And that's when the men in the black helicopter show up and take me away. It's been nice knowing y'all. I thought this was funny. So Joe Flacco said his wife is making fun of him for looking disinterested on the field as a wide receiver. So the Ravens, as you know, have a package for Lamar Jackson. And on those plays, Flacco lines up at wide receiver. Flacco said, quote, my wife gives me crap. Told me I need to look more interested out there. But I'm just trying to stay out of it. I'm not comfortable out there. I don't need to get too creative. Yeah, I don't think anybody's expecting Joe Flacco to run Spider 2 wide banana and be the receiver in the play. But, I mean, at least put some heart into it. If Even if your wife's ripping you for not trying to sell it out there, like Lamar Jackson could be throwing the ball to you at some point. Way to, you know, destroy any opportunity. They can use you in a trick play. That's hot. Way to go, Flacco. Uh, Joel Embiid signed with Under Armour. It's expected to be a record for the Sixers big man, saying, quote, there's a stereotype about big men that can't sell shoes. When I look at myself, I'm not a big man. I'm a guard, he said with a smile. I can do everything on the court. You name it, pass, post up, shoot the ball, bring the ball up, being a playmaker. I'm excited to break that stereotype, and I can't wait to do so much more with Under Armour. He had been with Adidas. They didn't want to match the deal. It was one of the bigger free agents out there in the shoe market. Now, I bring this up for a couple of reasons. One, didn't Steph try and go with Under Armour and he kind of put up that really boring shoe? And when he said, well, typically big men don't sell shoes, I don't think Steph sold a lot of shoes either. People like Steph. A lot of players are emulating him. A lot of kids love to watch him. I'm not sure how much of his shoe sells versus some of the other big-name brands out there. Embiid is, see, Jimmy Butler's one thing, and Odell Beckham Jr. is another. Embiid is kind of the likable... I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. He tweets a lot of things, he says a lot of things, but it's more like that guy that you, you kind of smile at when he says these things as opposed to, oh, geez, that guy's talking again. And where he's 100% right is the kind of player he is. Now that he is healthy, and knock on wood, when he is healthy... He can play almost every position on the floor. He is one of the rising stars in the league. Trust the process, all that. That Sixers team 
I was kind of hoping in the back of my mind, knowing he wouldn't do it, but I was kind of hoping LeBron would go there just to create that new super team in the East. So I'm curious, given the resources they put in there, and that Under Armour still hasn't really cracked that Nike, Reebok, Adidas trifecta, if this will boost their shoe sales. Because Embiid, and I'll try and not sound like an old man when I say this, he's big with the kids. He's big with the millennials. Like, they like Joel Embiid because he's active on social media. He likes video games. Seth's shaking his head vigorously over here. What? The kids like him. You know? He's big with you youngsters. Just the way you sounded saying that. I know. I I, I sounded like an old man, which I am. Yeah. I'm the oldest 40-year-old I know. But he is big with the kids, and I wonder how that will translate into shoes. How much do you think the Joel Embiid shoe will be, by the way, from Under Armour? Because they can't be coming out with like $150 shoes. No, it'll be about that. You think so? Yeah. Even Under Armour? Oh, yeah. I mean, how how much were the Steph Curry shoes? They were cheap because it was just like a blank white shoe. Steph right? Curry's are 130 bucks. Those things are $130? Now I'm really sounding like an old man. You want pay? I remember when I, when I was a kid and I went shoe shopping with my mom, and it was big. It was before school, and it was basically like I could get whatever I wanted sneaker wise. Like I had been the Curry Fives are 130 bucks. What? Yeah, that's insane. But I wanted to get. Remember the pumps, the Reebok pumps. And I will never forget when, because my mom didn't know, like, they were a little more expensive than the other shoe. I will never forget <laughs> my father. You paid how much for those sneakers? You better not get those things dirty. The D Brown they ones? They so cool. Yeah, D Brown. He, he pumped them up. Pumped them before the Woo! dunk? Yeah. I From, like, every year from, like, 1984 to 1990, I had the Walter Payton kangaroos. Those were the bomb, man. Before my time. Way, way before your time. I had some Jordans. I, I'm not really a big sneaker guy. I had some Reebok pumps. Oh, yeah, I did. Now I'm really going to take a break before I date myself too much here. Back after this. Thank you. Bye-bye.